Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. Good to see you. And uh, I'm just, uh, I for one, I'm thankful for what God is doing. I, I just love seeing God at work. There's, there's nothing better than being able to recognize that he's at work. Even when you don't think he's working, he's working. He is, he is always at work in our lives. And um, around here, we, one of the things that we're looking forward to as a church, um, if you're a guest here, this, uh, I would invite you to, to just kind of eavesdrop, but uh, if this is your church, one of the things that we're excited about is um, we've, we've had plans drawn up and we've got permits that have been submitted looking towards having um, an expanded auditorium just because we have to do a lot of services to kind of keep up. And um, behind this wall, there's 16,000 square feet of space that we're going to be moving into. And, uh, and next week is our legacy offering. And so we're we're ready to close with the bank and all that, but we, we just, um, we're, we're just believing God to bring in all the funds we need to be able to accomplish all that he's put in our heart. And so uh, next week, Legacy Sunday, um, if you are one of those that are planning on contributing during that one-time big give offering, I would just ask you to get with those in your life that you need to make a decision, a financial decision with. And pray and ask God, what, what should we give? Where, which, where should we be at? And, um, and just trust that God will, will lead you and guide you. And so for some of you, that, uh, that may be uh, significant. For some of you, it might not be. Um, and, and that's fine. In fact, I would say this. If, if you feel like maybe like I'm not giving or maybe I can't give, and so maybe I shouldn't come next week to Legacy Sunday, I would say you, you could be farther from the truth. Uh, Legacy Sunday, even if you're not giving, is one of the funnest Sundays we do around here. It's this big party. It's crazy. It's so much fun. And uh, honestly, being the last service, you get the you get the, the capstone on top of it all. So uh, you want to be here next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. But here's the deal. <clears throat> this week, I've got an even better surprise for you than Legacy Sunday. And, and that is this, is, is that the kingdom of God moves at the pace of relationships. If you're a business leader today, listen, the, the next thing that you need to get you forward in your business, it's, it may include a strategy, but it's not a strategy. It's a person. If your marriage is struggling today, like it may include reading a book or going to a seminar, but what will change your marriage is a relationship with someone outside your marriage that can speak into your marriage. The kingdom of God moves at the pace of relationships. And in 2013, I went to a conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And while I was there, I was there with a friend and he was kind of showing me around. And um, he introduced me to a, a man there. 
briefly, just a very brief meeting. This person probably doesn't even remember it, even though I've mentioned it twice this morning. Um, but uh, Pastor Mark Johnston was there, and, um, and at the time, I was aware of who he was. I didn't know him, but I was aware of who he was. We kind of had similar circles that kind of overlapped, so I, I kind of knew who he was. And I was aware that, um, that his church uh, was in um, Outreach Magazine's top 100 fastest growing churches in the nation. So I was aware that he was, in the world of pastors, very successful and, and, and all of that. And, and, and when Chad introduced me to him, he was sitting, uh, there's like this sidewalk, he was sitting on the sidewalk on his bum, leaned up against, that, that's, a, that's Canadian, bum, <clears throat> just like we say mum. And, um, and he was sitting down on the ground with about 15 or 20 team members eating a bag lunch. And I remember thinking in that moment, I was, it was nice to meet him, but I just thought, man, I, I can respect that. A guy who's seeing a lot of success, the, the church is growing, just, just a good leader, but a leader that is at a conference where he could be seeking out the next person to meet, but he wants to spend it with his team. And that's the kind of person that I want to be like. I want to be someone that's, that's present with the people around me. And um, so we, we kind of knew each other from a distance. In fact, I emailed you shortly after that. I asked you, what do you attribute uh, your growth to? And you gave me four things. You, may, you don't remember this either, probably, but I've quoted it to my team so many times, like I'm a genius. And, um, uh, and we've, we've, we've actually chased after those four things quite often. But last year, um, Pastor Mark invited us to a, a round table at his church in Newark, Delaware, and um, thoroughly blessed my wife and I, and this church has seen um, a lot of healthy fruit from that, um, as well as uh, we did some coaching this year, and, and then we were just at, at the round table again two weeks ago in Delaware, and uh, it was just, Pastor Mark, I'm, I'm thankful that, um, that our worlds are coming together a little bit, and uh, so thank you for for being a friend, and thank you for uh, allowing me in. Would you stand up, and, and would you greet Pastor Mark Johnson from Newark, Delaware? Great man of God. Appreciate you. What's up, Celebration Church? What a joy to be in the house with you today, and uh, thank you, Pastor Roger, for that introduction. Um, and... Uh, I don't remember what I had for lunch that day, but I do remember meeting you, uh, especially, now I'm not sure if it's because you've described it in two other services, now it's, I now, I love you now, and uh, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm from Delaware. How many people have been to Delaware, just by a show of hands? That's what I thought. So, um, get that everywhere I go, uh, but as Pastor Roger mentioned, uh, my wife Susie and I, we we live in Delaware. We started a church there 15 years ago, and it's been exciting to see what God has done and new people coming to faith every week and lives being changed. But one of the coolest things that's happened for me over the past few years is people like your pastor coming into my world and and uh, have a, a circle of pastors now that I get to be connected with and encourage and coach and love. And and one of the things that I, that I know about your pastors, Roger and Kimberly, is they're healthy. They they love you. So have you ever been like kind of pleasantly surprised to find out that someone really thinks you're cool? Like you hear it like third person. So your pastors think you're cool. I just keep hearing about it. They really like you. They love you. They're glad to be here. They love serving this church and being in this city. And man, that's so refreshing. So I'm very, very proud of you guys. I love you so much. It's been such a joy 
to be here. And uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Celebration. Uh, how many extroverts in the room, just by a show of hands? Okay, you're very tame extroverts. Uh, usually the extroverts, there it is, there it is. You're like, usually the extroverts are like, what did he say? Ah. You don't even know, but you're raising your hand. Um, I'm a little bit of uh, in between. How many introverts are in the room? Let's do the introverts. All right, silently raising their hand on the room. Um, I'm kind of in between, but I have a good friend uh, who's a big-time extrovert, and he always says when he's in a room with new people, let's assume step 20, which to me, like, you can't really do. you got to vet people for a while. I get all that. But celebration, can we just assume step 20 today? Is that cool? Good. All right. Four of us are like, the rest of us are like, I got my eye on you. It's okay. All right. I can roll with that. Because I want to talk to you for a few minutes about your influence and the fact that you have more influence than you realize. I think all of us do, or at least we have more potential for influence than we realize. And I know some of us, when you hear that, you're like, I really don't have that much influence. I have, you know, 23 followers on Instagram and 21 of them were related. Or, you know, I don't, I don't like lead a big company. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not an influencer. I did a, a wedding recently. I uh, don't get to do a lot of weddings anymore, but I did one uh, recently for a social media influencer. And it was the first time, which I am so not, by the way, uh, but it was the first time I've ever done a wedding where um, usually the groom is on one side and the bride is on the other, but they switched it up because it was her good side. And I was like, okay, I can roll with that. Social media influencers. And some of you are like, that's not me. I don't have 253,000 followers on YouTube or anything like that. Or, but the reality is we all have more influence than we realize. I'm not talking just about kind of the surface influence. I'm talking about real influence. And whether we're students, parents, single, married, divorced, widowed, young, old, middle-aged, rich, poor, uh, religious, or honestly still a little surprised that we come to church on a weekly basis, we all have influence, and that influence matters. So one of the things that I like to do three or four times a year is go away for a couple of days by myself, tap into that introvert a little bit, and pray and study, and I think about the messages I'm going to teach at our church, and really ask God for direction and vision, and helps me to kind of get out of town, get in a new place. And so recently I did this, and I rented a, a little cottage on the Chesapeake Bay, which is a big body of water near where I live in our area. It's kind of renowned. It's a very beautiful, big body of water. And I rented this little cottage on Airbnb. How many Airbnb fans in the room? Any Airbnb fans? I'm a big Airbnb fan. I'm like, yes, I want to rent your house. I want to, and I like unique. How many of us are into like unique Airbnbs? Clean, but unique. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, I always like the reviews are a big deal to me. I like to pick my own. Like nobody picks that for me. I got to pick my own Airbnb. So anyway, it's a thing. And I got this little Airbnb on the Chesapeake Bay, a little cottage. And I, this is my view. I brought a little picture for you. That was the view out of the back of my Airbnb. Isn't that beautiful? Just so peaceful, the water. I love water. Anybody else just love being near the water? Something about it, right? The waves kind of rolling in. In fact, uh, the, I took that photo the first day I was there. And then the day before I left... Uh, I took this little video, and you could tell uh, the water was a little bit more stirred up. The waves were just a little bit more intense. They were kind of rolling in with a little bit more fervor. And, and uh, the reality is what had happened is the day in between, it had been rainy and stormy and windy. And 
man, I so wish I had taken a picture or a video, but it was raining and I'm a wimp and I like looking at the water, but I don't want it dumped on me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I didn't take any pictures or any video. You just got to trust me. I didn't know I was going to preach this message at the time. I would have been more prepared. But that day, the waves were the most intense that they were while I was there. I mean, they were crashing into shore. And so I looked at the weather from the safety and comfort of my little cottage, and I noticed that there was a small craft advisory. I don't know if you've ever seen this, if you ever lived near the water. Uh, a small craft advisory is put out when you shouldn't go out on the water if your boat's too small to handle the waves, right? Like, it's like if you're a, if you got like a 21-foot boat and you're not a, not a professional, you're an amateur boater, uh, then don't go out on the water because you could be in a world of trouble. The waves are really intense. And all of that got me thinking about waves. I love waves. They can be soothing. They can be awe-inspiring. But they're really what makes water great, waves. I mean, there's something about it just so cool. And so I, I wondered, where do waves come from? You ever wondered where waves came from? Nobody. All right, that's okay. It's still going to be a good message. But... <laughs> I did, so I looked it up, and whether you've wondered or not, I'm going to tell you. Here it is. Waves are caused by energy passing through the water, causing it to move in a circular motion. So what does that mean? It means that energy, typically in the form of wind, enters the water, and it passes through the water, and the water responds by moving in this circular motion. Now, it's really hard to see that circular motion in a large body of water, but you've seen it before. You ever toss a pebble in a pond and you see that little ripple effect, right? At first, there's a little circle, just a little pebble enters the pond. The energy of the pebble entering the water causes a little circle and then there's a bigger circle and a bigger circle. It's influence, right? And the influence is disproportionate to the pebble. It's a little pebble and all of a sudden, you've got this ripple effect that extends all across the face of the water. And the same thing is happening on a windy day on a big body of water. We just can't see it because we're not up above it. We're on shore. Well, all we see is the waves. But if you were up above it, you would see a similar effect. So that's how you get waves. So how do you get big waves? What's well, really simple. The amount of energy that's able to pass through the water determines the size of the waves. So that if there's a real windy day, a really windy day, then you get big waves. If it's not a very windy day, you get much smaller waves. If there's no wind, you get no waves. Okay, now some of us are going, all right, I came to church. That's a big deal for, for me, man. Are you just going to tell me about waves? Is there more to this? I'm getting a degree in waveology at church. What is that about? So stay with me. There's more to it because... There is a moment at the end of the book of John in the New Testament of the Bible when Jesus appears to his disciples. Now, here's what you have to know. He has been crucified, so he went to a cross. He died there. He has risen again, and this is just a few days after that. So his friends, his disciples, they're in a, they're in a lot of anxiety. They're embroiled and meshed in a lot of uncertainty and frustration. They don't really know what's going on, what's happening. Why, why did this happen? We heard that he died. We, we know that he died. We've heard that he's risen again. Some of them are like, well, I think I saw him, but I'm not quite sure. And there's a lot of uncertainty. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up in the midst of his friends in the middle of this room, and he shows them. They're like, is it really you? And he's like, yeah, look at the wounds in my hands and the wound in my side where I was, I was nailed to a cross. A spear was thrust into my side by the Romans, and, and it's really me. I've risen from the dead. And his friends are overjoyed. And in this, this moment, Jesus speaks to them, and he says something to them that I believe he's also saying to all of us in the middle of our uncertainty and our confusion and our stormy situation. Here's what Jesus says. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. 
And I don't know about you, but if I'm anxious and I'm upset, I'm like, okay, Jesus, hang out there for a minute. Let's talk peace. I could use some peace. Anybody feel like you could use some peace? Jesus says, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And I bet his disciples are like, oh, back up. Let's stick with the peace. I don't think we're ready to be sent anywhere right now. And then, watch this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You ever been up close and personal with someone with bad breath? Have you had this experience? It's the worst, isn't it? You're like, you can't concentrate on anything they're saying. You're trying hard not to pass out. You're just like, remain upright. And you're like, whoo, that's a lot. Have you had this experience? Sometimes we'll be somewhere and my wife will pass me a mint before we go in. This is not a gesture of kindness toward me. This is an act of generosity toward the people I'm about to encounter. You understand? She's like, we had Italian. Take this. The world will be a better place for it. Because bad breath is no joke. Well, Jesus meets with his disciples after he rises from the dead, which can we pause for a moment and say that's a big deal? Some of us maybe today were thinking, can Jesus really handle what I'm going through? He rose from the dead. Yes, he can handle what we're going through. So he is risen from the dead. He meets with his friends, his disciples, and he says, peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. This is not just a random choice of words. Because the word for spirit that Jesus and his disciples would have used in the language they spoke at the time actually means breath or wind. So Jesus says, I'm sending you out into the world. And then he breathes on his disciples. In other words, I'm sending you out into this ocean of possibility and need and potential and hurt. And you're going to wonder at times, what's it all about? And you're going to see the world and be overcome with anxiety and overwhelmed with the immensity of the need, and you're going to need divine energy. So I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to breathe on you, and then you are going to make a difference. And that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He wants to breathe on us. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we were meant to make waves. We were meant to make waves. And as we respond to God's presence in our lives as we believe, worship, pray, trust, invite, give, serve, lead, connect with other believers. We become waves that carry God's goodness into the world. What I'm saying is Jesus has good breath. Feel free to get up close and personal with Jesus. He has good breath. And when he breathes on us, when he puts his influence in us, it is for the purpose of sending us out into the world. He fills us with peace, purpose, and power. And as we allow the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to fill us and to flow through us, we make waves. Now, I know some of us are thinking, make waves? I spent 13 minutes this morning trying to find my keys. Make waves. I fought with my mom the whole way here, and I'm 37. We should have figured this out by now. Make waves. I'm not even sure some days what I really believe. I have imperfections. I have issues. I have temptations. I have struggles. I have, I have a past. Can I tell you that day that I was at the Chesapeake Bay and the waves were rolling in, the water was dirty and imperfect. There was stuff in that water. I didn't even want to know what it was. But the wind still blew. And all the water had to do was be receptive. And voila, you get waves. 
And I think this is something we miss about our faith. We become convinced that our faith isn't working because we still have problems. And we are expecting God to fix our problems, not realizing that God doesn't just fix problems. He fills people. And if we're just waiting on God to fix all of our problems... The reality is we are missing out on what God really wants to do. He wants to fill our imperfect lives with his grace and his power so we can make waves. And you know what waves do? Waves do not create energy. They just carry it. They just yield to it. They just surrender to the power of the wind. Some of us are frustrated or disillusioned because we're trying to create all this energy in our lives. We think we have to be the solution. I've been there so many times. Like I've got to figure this out. I've got to solve all these problems. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. But the truth is we were simply meant to carry God's power into the world to begin every day by asking God to breathe on us and fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit and work through us to carry his goodness into the world, to carry joy to people who are grieving, to carry hope to people who are hurting, to carry the good news of the message of Jesus to people who are spiritually wandering and lost. If we're only treating our faith as a way to fix our problems right now, we probably feel a little ripped off by God because God doesn't just fix problems. He fills people with peace, purpose, and power so that we can make waves. Now, I want to show you this in another place in the Bible, in the Old Testament. A guy named Isaiah writes this about God, and he's speaking to all of us who are anxious. He's speaking to all of us who are wondering, can my situation really be resolved? This world is really complex, and I don't know if God's really in control. Here's what he says. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? God sits above the circle of the earth. So picture that. Here's God. He's not enmeshed in the same anxiety that we are. Did you know that God has never had a day when he woke up and said to himself, I don't know what I'm going to do now. In fact, he's never had a day when he woke up. He's always awake. But he's never, God has never had a day when he's like, well, I've never seen that. I just, I have no, I'm not sure how to respond to that. He's never had a day when he did not have a solution to the problems in our world. Everybody agreed? Like he, he is not flustered because we are flustered. He's not not thinking, I had no idea things would get that bad or that complex. God sits above the circle of the earth. He sees it all. He takes it all in. And what does God do in response? God does not send solutions. He sends people. That's God's MO. He sends people. In fact, Isaiah, who wrote this, knew what he was talking about because In the earlier parts of his book in the Old Testament, he talks about the moment when he finally realized that God's solution to the problem was named Isaiah. Because Isaiah has this moment, you can read it in Isaiah 6, where he's like, God, I see you now. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're incredible. You have all power, but the world is very messed up and troubled. God, what are you going to do? And God's like, I don't know, Isaiah, what are you going to do? And Isaiah's like, well, I don't know, you're God. And God's like, oh, yeah, but you're Isaiah. And my solution is always sending someone to make a difference. We see that when God sent Jesus, his son. He looked at a broken world, troubled by sin, depraved and desperately in need of a savior. And God sent his son to forgive our sins and to restore our 
dignity. Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem. You know what you call that? Pebble in a pond. But there was a ripple effect. And that's how God works. He sends us, all of us who believe in Jesus, he sends us into the world like pebbles tossed in a pond. He throws us into a big world full of possibilities and then he breathes on us so that we can make a difference. But we have a problem. Because what happens so often is we think, well, I'm not God. How many of us would admit we're not God just by a show of hands? For the rest of us, uh, that's a problem. But most of us, I think, would say, yeah, I'm not God. I'm not God. I can't do what God can do. I can't handle what God can handle. But we are made in the image of God, which means everything we see God do can be reflected in our lives. Can we all agree with that? We're going to do it. We're not God. We're not perfect. We, can't, we don't have the capacity God has. But when we see God doing something, it's an example for us of, of the potential that's in our lives. So we, too, have a circle of influence. God has the whole planet. He sits above the circle of the earth. That's his circle of influence. We can't handle the whole planet, but we have a circle of influence. The problem is we stop sitting above it with God in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, and we get embroiled and enmeshed in the anxiety of our circle. We go down into it and we get frustrated and anxious and depressed and uncertain. And we go, God, you know what? It's really messy and stormy and uncertain down here. And God says, I know that's why I'm inviting you to come up above your circle of influence to see it from a new perspective so that you understand that I've given you the power to make a difference. And then he sends us back into our circle of influence understanding that we were meant to make waves. Why does that matter? It matters because some of us are stressed out and we think it's because we don't have enough time or resources for ourselves. That's what we tend to think when we get stressed out and anxious. We think, well, I, just, I, I need to take more time for myself. I need to do more things for myself. And there is a measure at which you can't produce what you don't possess. I get that. You've got to sharpen the saw. All of that is true. But sometimes we get into a place where we think our anxiety is coming from our circumstances. But the truth is our anxiety is coming from the resistance we are mounting against the wind of God's spirit. God's trying to work in our situation. And we're so freaked out by the wind we misunderstand the breath of God and we go, oh, it's just stormy in this circle of influence. And God says, no, actually, whew, I put you in that family that's broken and dysfunctional because you have my spirit and you can make a difference. I put you in that workplace where it feels like you're the only person who believes in my son, Jesus, because you were meant to make waves. And we get down in it, and we lose perspective. Can I tell you, God is breathing on us. We were meant to make waves. And God is breathing on us. He's providing us with all kinds of opportunities and things that we can use to make a difference. God's given us things. He's given us resources. He's given us money. He's given us a house or an apartment or a car, our health, our family. Some would say, I think God gave me the wrong family. But he still gave you a family. He's given us an education, a job, a car. He's given us time. He's given us talents. He's given us treasures. And we choose how we respond. And some of us are still so caught up. And I feel you. I've been there many times. I've been there recently. Like, God, can you just fix my problems? And God says, no, it's not the main thing I want to do. I care about your problems, but I want to fill my people 
with power and grace to understand that they are sent into this world to carry my goodness into this world. What do you have at your disposal right now that you're not seeing because you're caught up in the anxiety instead of sitting above your circle of influence? And if you could see it from God's perspective, you would know that you were meant to make waves. We all have a circle of influence. You have a circle of influence. It's your family. It's your circle of friends. It's the small group you're a part of here. It's the people you serve with. It's your neighborhood. It's that cluster of cubicles, that warehouse space, that bank where you work, that classroom you spend your days in. God wants to breathe on you so you can carry his goodness into those environments. You were meant to make waves. If you're a parent, you were not meant to just accept the status quo for your children and for your family. You were meant to make waves. Some of you, of you, if you're a parent, you're so anxious about what's going on with your kids. And God is saying, no, no, no. Come up here and sit above the circle of influence that is your family. I want to breathe on you. I want to send you back in so that you are not intimidated by what your children are going through. But you begin to pray for them and lead them into the goodness of God. And you carry the goodness of God into your home. If you're a kid, if you're a student, you don't have to wait until you're an adult to make waves. God's calling you right now. Every day when you walk into that high school or that college, God is breathing on you. You are called. You are designed. You were created to make waves, to be somebody who doesn't feel overwhelmed by the pressure of creating anything, but simply yields to the wind of God and carries the goodness of God into your world. You were meant to make waves. So here's where the rubber hits the road or where the wave hits the shore. How do we make waves? First, taking the next step makes waves. Say, how do I make waves? This sounds so big and I don't know if I can do that. Let's be very simple about this. Taking the next step makes waves. What does that mean? Each of us has a next step to take in our spiritual journey. It's how God works. He works in steps. Some of us get stuck some of us get freaked out because we can't think about the next step. We want answers for the next 39 after that. And God says, not how I work. I work in steps. So what's the next step in your faith? It's probably something that, you know, given a minute or two, you really thought about. It's that thing that keeps showing up. Maybe it's something you've been avoiding. You keep hearing about it. It keeps kind of, when you read the Bible, you're like, oh, don't read that part too close to home. Or when you listen to a message, you're like, oh, seriously, again, they're talking about that. Could be something when you pray, you're like, God, I don't want to, I got problems. I don't want to think about that right now. What is your next step? Did you know when wind comes, the water's only job is to submit to the energy of the wind? Just take the next step. When God breathes on your life, you have one job. You don't have to figure out the next 39 steps. Just submit to the power of the Holy Spirit and take the next step. Step, what if 90% of your anxiety is not coming from what God is asking you to do? It's coming from you resisting what God is asking you to do. The stress, you're like, I just feel like I'm under so much stress and I'm not ready to take a next step. What if your stress is coming from the fact that God has been asking you for seven months, three days, two hours, four minutes, and 12 seconds to take the next step? Can you imagine how stressful it would be for water if when the wind blew, the water was like, no, not a good time. Can't make waves right now. Come back later. Busy time at work. Stressful. Things are tight. I have toddlers. Need I say more, God? Can't make waves. Can you imagine how stressful it would be for the water if it was like, no, 
I will stay here resolute, stuck where I am. It's just so much more life-giving to go, no, that's not my job. My job is to yield to the Holy Spirit. Just take the next step. Just take the next step. It makes waves. What is the next step in your faith? Maybe it's to reorient your home around the culture of Jesus or the business that you lead to begin to submit to the values of Jesus. Maybe it's to pray consistently. And God is saying to you, hey, I could, and you do pray, but maybe you pray when there's a crisis. And God is just saying, hey, you know what would be better than you waiting until everything's on fire to talk to me? If you talk to me every day, and let me just breathe into you. Let me just give you the wind of my spirit so that then you're not so overwhelmed by the world. And it's not a legalistic thing. God doesn't want you to pray because he's checking a box. God wants you to pray because he'd like to get to know you better. And he'd like you to get to know him better. What's your next step? Maybe it's coming to Crash Course and being a part of this community of faith, not sitting on the sidelines. Don't be a puddle on the shore. Be a wave in the body of Christ. Get connected to this community of faith. Second, taking the time to serve makes waves. Why do Christians talk about serving others so often? What's up with that? Well, our leader and Lord defined his mission like this. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life away for many other people. So our CEO is actually a CSO. He's a chief serving officer. Jesus, that's, that's what he came to do. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit's power, and he never used the Holy Spirit's power to accomplish his own agenda. He used it to serve us, to give his life away for people in need. Every time we serve together, do you know what happens? The Holy Spirit enters our lives, flows through us, and the goodness of God carried into some. Can you hear me now? The goodness of God gets carried into someone else's life when we simply make space for the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Taking the time to serve makes waves. Do you know that research shows that people who consistently make time to serve others generally feel like they have more time available over the long run and become more optimistic about their own future than people who try to use their time entirely for themselves? Why? Because we were meant to make waves. Can I encourage you today? When it's most counterintuitive, serve. Take the time to serve. And then third, taking the good news to others makes waves. Remember, waves don't create anything. They just carry it. The pressure's off you. Isn't that good news? You don't have to be the savior. You don't have to be the solution to the world's problems. Every day you simply look at what God has given you, the energy that's entered your life spiritually, financially, in influence, in opportunity. You just look at what God has put in your life and you realize God doesn't just give stuff to people. God gives stuff through people. That I am, I am a vessel, I am a vehicle through which God gets the good news about his son into the lives of people who need Jesus. Just carry what God has done in your life into the lives of others. Next Sunday is Legacy Sunday. You've been hearing about it, the Legacy Offering. What is that all about? It's about us saying we want to take the good news to others to make waves. We want to make space, create opportunity for more people to hear about Jesus and follow Jesus. We want to love God. We want to love people. We want to change the world. And so I encourage you today, pray, listen to God, do whatever he leads you to do. Why? Because taking the good news to others makes waves. You know what I want to happen when I get to the end of my life? I want to see Jesus face to face and I want him to say, well done, good and faithful 
faithful servant. You just carried every. You didn't look at the stuff I gave to you as being to you. You looked at it as an opportunity for it to flow through you. You brought my good news to others. Taking the good news to others makes waves. We want the good news to get to more people. All over this valley and all over Nampa and beyond, we want the good news of Jesus to get into people's lives. Why? Because you were meant to make waves. All right, last part. Ready? Here we go. Some of you are going, that sounds good. That's a, I'll give that a 7 out of 10. It's not bad. In the sermon meter, you know. Felt like the needle moved. Uh, and it's really inspiring. I'm going to tuck that away when I have more time. I'm going to, like, that's good. I was meant to make waves. Certainly not now, but when I, when I have more resources at my disposal. Some of us are going, you know what? I, I'll tell you what, man. I promise you right now, I win the Powerball. I'm about to make some waves. I'm like, I'll make some waves. When I retire, man, that's when I really, I'm a, then I'll volunteer. When, I, when, the, when the kids are out of the house, you know, that'll be the time. Or when I, when I graduate college, it's just a really busy time, right? It's my senior year, a lot going on. When the kids get a little older, when life gets a little easier. And I feel you, I know it's hard to focus when the wind is blowing so hard. But what if you have been misreading how windy it is in your life? What if what you think is a storm that's going to destroy you is actually the very opportunity through which God moves you out of your comfort zone and into the purpose he's always had for you? In other words, I guess what I'm saying is God is issuing a small craft advisory in your life a small living advisory, a small believing advisory. He's issuing a small control freakery advisory, a small worrying about everything and trying to keep it all in control. And He's issuing a small potential advisory, a small perspective advisory. And he's saying the windier Come on, what if you could shift your perspective? The windier it gets in your life, the more potential there is for the Holy Spirit to work through you, to bring the goodness of God into your environment. That relationship you're trying to navigate, that career you're trying to save, that addiction you're trying to overcome, that loss you're grieving. What if you could get up above it for a minute today and see it from God's perspective and realizing your future is safe in the hands of God? Now, you're sent into that dysfunctional family. You're sent into that neighborhood with so many people who don't know Jesus. You're sent into that city that needs to hear the good news about the goodness of God. God's breathing on you. You were meant to make waves. And you'll never find the fulfillment you're looking for until you yield to the wind. You submit to the divine energy of the Holy Spirit. And you surrender your life to God. So if that's your prayer today, if you would say, man, man, that's where I am. I am asking God, breathe on me, Lord. I want to receive your Holy Spirit. I want your power to fill my life and flow through me for whatever you desire. If you would say, that's my prayer today. I wonder, would you just lift your hand and hold it up high all over the room? Just hold it up high. If you would say, count me in. I want God to breathe on me today. Breathe on my family. Breathe on my career. Breathe on my health. Breathe on my finances. Breathe on my perspective. Father, right now I pray over Celebration Church. I pray a blessing on this community of faith and on every person 
in the room right now. I pray that you will guide them, that you will bless them, that you will breathe on them. I pray for some of us who are in stormy moments, God, who all of a sudden can awaken to the realization that that's actually where you are most active. And you are not wanting just to fix our problems. You are wanting to fill your people. So we yield to the wind. Come on, would you do that right now? I yield to the Holy Spirit in my life. God, breathe on me today. I was meant to make waves. And while you let God speak to you for a moment more, if you're in the room today and you don't yet have a real relationship with God, if you don't know Jesus personally, I want to take one moment more and just speak to you. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, like a pebble in a pond. And today is the ripple effect he's been waiting for in your life. This is an opportunity for you to say, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to follow him, be filled with his power. And if that's you today, if you want to take that step, if you want to begin following Jesus, I'm going to lead us in prayer again in a moment. And that's your opportunity to say yes to a real relationship with God. So I want everyone to join me. Just open your heart up big to God right now. And if that's you, if you want to begin following Jesus right where you are, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today I believe in you. I turn from the life I've lived without you. I turn to you today. I believe you died to forgive my sins. And I believe you rose again. Fill me with your power. From this moment on, I'm yours. And while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I want to be included in that prayer, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. Would you lift your hand so I can see it? Just hold it up high, boldly. My faith is in Jesus, yes. I'm trusting him with my life. My life is in his hands, yes. And then celebration, can we do what we do best and just celebrate the goodness of God together? Come on, would you help me do that? Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.